I, you know, oh, happy. The happy Pam times are over. I had a great week, and that week is over. <laughs> no, we had a great show last night, and that was all lovely. It's hard for me to enjoy myself when everyone else is having fun because, <sighs> anyway, because <laughs> I'm a heartbroken little baby. All right, let's listen to some music that makes me feel sad and happy at the same time.
91. Hey, Amy Farrell Weiss. How's it going? Hi, that was some rousing music for an intro. Hey. I, heard I, I got to plug in so I can hear you. There, there you are. All right. Hey, how's the? I, I live in the Tenderloin. Everyone's intense. <laughs> it's a te it, it's intense in there in the, in the Tenderloin right now. <laughs> yeah. What it do you think about that is. Civic Center in front of the library tent structure wired thing? Such a confusing time, Pam. I know. And San Francisco, because my organization. And our network of volunteers and supporters, supporting organizations, for five years has been working to get the city to treat street homelessness and people living in tents like a crisis. And we actually have developed a set of best practices through researching and developing and direct services. Our organization brought porta-potties to encampments, and they were able to be out there without any observation because the people who had them there were interested in supporting them right. because it was something they needed. They're buying in. And so, yeah, it's been years, and now the city is doing this version of this that isn't informed with those best practices, and they've <sighs> actually gone against our organization to block us from offering free service to the city and so it's just very confusing, but that being said, we're here to serve, and so we offered, we provided a shower trailer to that village that you're referencing. Cool. And we're working with Awesome Urban Alchemy, that is the contracted organization to run it. So uh, lots more to do, though, Pam. I and just, I thought it was so yeah. amazing once they set that up. I was like, this should have happened 20 years ago. Like, what? All of yeah. a sudden, now they they start taking it seriously. And I'm, I'm just—I was like—I'm walking by it, going, "Great!" I mean, it looks like Burning Man without the nature, but um, I mean, yeah, they're missing out on the cultural enrichment piece that could be including, and the stewardship piece, and right. making it truly a community. Uh, and that's that's what our work is from here on out, right? Because COVID showed now that we can do this, right? And now we demand. That we build on it, and I think you have you heard of the lawsuit from UC Hastings? The what? The what? 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 The the lawsuit against the city from UC no. Hastings? No, no, I haven't. Well, uh, it's on behalf of the Tenderloin, and it's the residents in, and businesses of the Tenderloin are the plaintiff, and the city is the defendant because uh, the city has not been adequately addressing this issue and. And the tents on the street, like, there's a desire to not have that continue right. um, past COVID and the status quo return. And the thing is that um, I'm doing some work to try to do bridge building between the lawsuit and the activists because this is really our chance to come up with a set of solutions and work together to ensure that the city um, works with us to enforce them and I think we need like this huge multi-spectrum coalition of the willing right now yeah including our friends the billionaires right I, isn't that crazy that there have been people that are making billions of dollars off of COVID and while other people are suffering I, I just I mean we're finally seeing the 8,500 questionably housed people around us because 
they're all yeah. Yeah. there. Like the the tenderloin is it's insane right now. Every single one of those streets going up from and people sleeping on a hill. That's not cool. Like I don't know. I just it's 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 a weird time that we're finally seeing people as people and saying, "Hey, this is a housing situation and these people deserve housing." Like we have it's to It's so true. And um, you know, like I said, we've been working on a plan with the St. Francis Homelessness Challenge and we have a plan. And for a long time, I was saying, "We have a goddamn plan." Yeah. <laughs> And now I realize, wait, it's not a goddamn plan. It's a God-blessed plan. Yes. Right? It's not goddamned. I mean, that's the, the world feels damned. Doesn't but it? But this is a blessed plan because it's actually a bil- the ability for these billionaires who are, you know, in their 40s, 50s, 60s. Guess what? We're in our 40s, right? Right. I mean, we're part of that crew now. Uh, and... But we got raised on the same video games as these guys who are running the world. Right. <laughs> and so we're like, okay, we actually have the chance. And we all got raised on Star Trek, right? So it's like <laughs> we have a chance to actually do the thing. And and we know that climate mobilization is the actual harness that's going to like, okay, let's go ahead and think of us as a human family, as a global village. We're going to work together locally to steward land and water and air and meet our needs. And uh, by the way, we could have done this back in the 60s. Buckminster Fuller pointed out, but right? here we are, 2020. Um, well, that's what, the, a, what a great opportunity to do it now. That, it's, that's the, the, craziest, the, the craziest idea is that people actually are coming together and, and taking care of one another and making things happen. And it's like, why couldn't this socialist movement happen 20 years ago? Like, I feel like in COVID, it's almost, for artists at least, I feel like it's Virginia Woolf's room of one's own all of a sudden where yes, oh, all I have I is... I love that you pointed that out. Well, yeah. I feel like it's all I have I now is time to create, and I've been given the opportunity to have time and yeah. resources, I guess. I mean, I don't have any resources yet, but hopefully the government's going to save me. I mean, that $1,200 check didn't hurt. Uh, but And there's been some support with the... Uh, the radio station, right? Yeah, people came out of the woodwork. Nothing, nothing governmentally. Um, I got one little grant from the city. I'm waiting on another. Hopefully, it'll come did in. Did you apply to intersection for the arts or like? Uh, yeah, I did all of those, um, okay. like local grants and apply. I, I got one. I yeah. didn't get another. I've just kind of been begging people for money, and that sort of worked. So good. It, good. We're we're okay through the summer, and I'm gonna have to it start for the saints. You know, it worked for the saints. Yeah, right. I feel like <laughs> I feel like Buddhists too, right? Those monks, yeah. man, they walk down the street and people give them rice. You know, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I just need a little rice over here at Mutiny Radio. Not very, much. Very San Francisco appropriate behavior, Pam. You are you are doing our namesake proud. I hey, I COVID. It feels like summer camp to me. It, it honestly, I haven't had this much time and opportunity to create since I was in graduate school, and. That's been a blessing, definitely. Yeah. That I've yeah. and I've had the opportunity to express myself here at the station. I feel terrible for a lot of artists that have they're they're working and they're creating, but they have, they don't have any access to an audience to share it. And I'm like, don't come, but come or send me something. Like I don't know how to like reach mm-hmm. out to people and say, oh, use this venue to express yourself, because I didn't realize until COVID like how 
how desperately I seek stage time. Mm-hmm. And to not have that, and I know that there's a lot of people out there like me that are that just used to just eat stage time, and all of a sudden, how who am I as a person? What what am I without my artistic expression and being mm-hmm. able to share that? It's like ah, who am I? <laughs> Good question. Act. <laughs> yeah, I've just been trying to. I mean, who knows what's going to happen? So your your ears to the ground with all this. So London Breed shut. We're indefinitely closed. Someone told me that, and I'm like, is that a real thing or is that a rumor? What? Uh, I think it's just the. I think the idea is we're going to be wearing masks a lot, and they're going to experiment with some outdoor kind of seating and expansion of things, and I think they're going to open up small businesses and maybe squeaky wheels, you know, get the grease about, like, what's considered ready for opening at this point. Right. Uh, So that's – I don't really have too much more information than you about that piece of it. I mean, I'm just – what do you, what do you, you think know, the one new... thing that came out of this, Pam, that yeah. I think we can celebrate together in this moment is cannabis was was uh, deemed an essential business almost immediately. Yes. Which yeah. is a, a big thing for all the righteous activists, including us. I'll, I'll include us in there. We, we put some hard work in to, uh, you know, like me, not as much as, as many uh, who I know to make sure that cannabis is accessible to people in California and San Francisco over the years. And it's just awesome that like from 2015 to now, yeah. like that, that was a big moment. No, I remember, I remember even if as, as, as a few years ago, I, I would say even like in 2010, 2011, I, when I first originally got my medical card, I would say uh-huh. to people, this is the only thing I'm willing to go to jail for. Like, I, I'll protest. Like, I won't protest for anything. It's just not a thing I do. But for weed, uh-huh. I was out there. I was on, on the street. I was like, I, this is something. Cannabis is something that I was willing to get arrested for. I was like, yeah, yeah, I think this should be legal. I think it's incredibly important. It's changed my life in a really positive way. And mm-hmm. I think it's the safest antidepressant around, that's for sure. And so to be able to have ubiquitous access to it it's great yeah it's life-changing and it's just so funny because i grew up with it as such there was such a stigma right there was such a stigma but then alcohol everybody's fine about and in these covid times oh my gosh you close the bars wow people are drinking like a lot of a lot of people in these crazy times and you don't know what to do and what's your life all about i mean they just turn to the booze so, oh gosh, I and it's I the worst through cannabis usage and also different kind of ritualistic rounding exercises, you know, and and connections like ceremony kind of things. Like yeah. the, I do, I I say that and I sound like a witch or something. But no, I'm not, no, I'm I've really been witchy like, lately. I've been super witchy. Like it's just, uh, I'm, it's the kind of stuff we do through the St. Francis Homelessness Challenge where we have greetings you know, that establish us as local stewards of a human family in a global village. And then we acknowledge the hard stuff and the, the gratitudes. We work to align from the small to the large. We invite enlightenment and different, you know, 
things that we're needing in our lives, and then we work towards experiencing that together. And that's why people are drinking, because they need a dose of what I just gave, and maybe a guided MDMA right. session, yeah. and et cetera, <laughs> you know, uh, some psilocybin. Uh, yeah, I've been. I definitely and, like cure the alcoholism of our country. Um, it's 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 a, it's a, it's just that it's so funny that alcohol is ubiquitous and everyone has so much access to it, and it's the devil. It's the worst thing for me. Uh, but this has been the. I've been doing some microdosing during this during these COVID times, and I've learned some really important self lessons uh, in isolation. In isolation, what, like uh, element. Yeah, I'm. I'm definitely. I'm definitely feeling. This is a. This time of year for me though is. Are you talking about psilocybin? Are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, psilocybin. I did a little. I did a little. I microdosed a little MDMA this week too, and Uh did some Zoom rooms. Oh, it was so weird. I did some Zoom rooms with some people in New Jersey. Like I haven't been doing. (laughs) I won't do Zoom rooms with people that are in San Francisco or like. Oakland or whatever I won't I won't I'm like eh, those comics I, I've seen I know them. I'm not I don't want to see those people but like I'm meeting all these crazy crazy people in like Scotland wow. and in New Jersey and just it's the weirdest thing to be so disconnected and then feel so connected in a totally new yeah. way to people I never I'd never talk to these comedians in New Jersey? How would I ever know these people? And now we're like sitting on Zoom rooms together and we're like in a room and everyone's like, you're my new best friends. Are we all best friends? I'm like, yeah, we're best friends. It's fine. Oh my like, goodness, I love that so much. The other night was, I even fell asleep on the Zoom the other night. I just couldn't leave it. I felt like high school, like where, you know, when you were little and you'd like be talking to someone on the phone and then you'd fall asleep on the phone and the phone would be yes i know that and eventually it'd go and you'd be like oh crap i gotta hang up the phone but it was like that i fell asleep in front of the camera with all the people and they're like get up look i woke up when they're like look at her breathing look you can see her breathing she's totally asleep and i was like no no i'm not asleep they're like why don't you get off the call i was like i can't i don't want to get off the call i want to keep hearing your voices (laughs) so i don't feel so alone It's things are getting weird. Things are getting wacky. So did you call yeah. in to cheer me up? Is that what you called in for? You saw my Facebook post? I saw your Facebook oh, post. Oh, thank you. Oh, that's also, so nice. Wait, can I get a, can I actually get a tarot reading? Can you get a what? Can I get a tarot reading? Yeah, can absolutely. Here, let me that? let me switch mics here. Yeah, okay. absolutely. So, um I'm going to shuffle the cards mm-hmm. while you think of a question. Mm-hmm. And uh, don't tell me the question colors the reading. I don't need it. But when it's the only right. thing in your mind, when that question, whatever it is, is solid, tell me to okay. stop. Okay. Okay. Now, I'm going to cut the cards and you think of your question again. Mm-hmm. Think of it real hard. Now, would your question best be answered by a yes or no, like a one hit wonder, like one card, a problem solution? Or a past, present, future. I do just do quick. Think of problem, solution. Problem, solution. Oh, interesting. Problem, solution. Oh, this is nice. Okay, so the problem is the seven of wands. Uh, The picture is actually of a cat that's like shrinking away from these seven wands that are like kind of attacking it. So Mm -hmm. you're in a place where uh, you're, uh, and wands are about about thought, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And so Mm -hmm. you're feeling attacked you mm. you you've been, you've created a thing like 
and it's because the seven, seven's on a journey. You've got a journey to 10, right? And mm -hmm. So seven's kind of far on the way. But right now, you are in an obstacle where you're feeling like mm -hmm. your idea is not being accepted and so not accepted that it's like attacked. You're feeling mm -hmm. totally persecuted by mm -hmm. that. So, but the Bing, answer, <laughs> the answer is so great. The answer is a major arcana card. Uh, and it's six, <laughs> the lovers, and Aww. which is which is great. It's about it's about being embraced. So Aww, it's th that's the it. thing is you're on the journey and you're in the persecution phase, but you are on the right journey. You just have to push through. And this is one of those weird oh, hills so where you're like, oh, there's a hill. It, I can't. Why? Why is this not? But you just have to stay steadfast because it's going to come to fruition. Wow. But you're in the persecution you know, can stage. Can I tell you what my question was? Sure, sure. It was, who should I be working with? Oh, wow. Yeah, people that accept your idea and don't persecute you for it. Yeah, and that has been coming up a lot lately of just trying to like, attract like. And, I, you know, I want, I want, I'm a mama bear for all the cubs, Pam. Me too. I feel the same I'm way. I'm a mama bear for all the cubs, including my own cubs including the cubs that get into mischief and hurt the other cubs. I'm here for all the cubs, yeah. you know, but, uh, that's, that's my spirit. I just want to put that out there. I want to be a lover. Yeah. And somehow when you speak truth, people sometimes turn that on you and they're like, it really feels uncomfortable to be around you. And it's like, well, maybe actually <clears throat> my friend, uh, it might be uncomfortable to face, truth and then you say that and they're like you fucking egomaniac who the fuck I'm, are you no it's true i i'm doing this <laughs> radical honesty I'm like, thing. i don't know i'm just trying no I'm no no but radical radical honesty it just it trying. works and it's amazing but people can't deal with it like i'm even dealing with that right now where i need to be completely honest with a person and express myself and it's something i've got to go through and yet mm -hmm. it's like People can't hear someone's truth. It's too, it's too uncomfortable for them. But like, I'm, I'm all about sitting with that uncomfortability because I think it fosters growth and I need to grow. Yeah. And when I'm having a thing and I feel like it's time to grow, I've got it. The only thing that can get me past that is being radically honest first with myself and recognizing that situation yeah. and then expressing that to other people. And it makes because I'm a mama bear too. I have a bunch of boy cubs. I have a bunch of comedians that are sort of like under my wing. And I, it's, I've just, I have to be honest. And it's so hard because, I don't know, these young kids, they're like, I'm just going to ignore it. I'm just going to stare at my phone and not pay any attention to what's really happening. I'm like, no, look at it. <laughs> look. And then, you know what? It's like this, the thing is that, I am totally fine with someone going like, wow, that was really intense, or I wasn't expecting that, or I have to process that. And uh, just just know that my intention isn't to hurt anybody. Right. I mean, that's the thing. That's why you're a mama bear and not a fucking, what are they called? Uh, jackals or hyenas? A, a predator? Like, you know, <laughs> where they're going to they're gonna actually come at you and try to tear at you. you well, know, like, and it's, it's when you it's, think you're doing something good and then you get villainized for it, it's very difficult. Like... And yeah. people, I mean, and that's been brought to my attention. People have said, oh, uh, this was a quote someone said once. Oh, you're so unfunny that you have to position yourself as a villain to get attention. And I was mm -hmm. like, 
do you know me at all? Like, have you mm. ever met me? <laughs> That's the, like, yeah. the most opposite thing of how I would characterize myself. But then I have to look at it. If other people are seeing me as a villain, like, what am I doing wow. to, to make – I mean, I can't worry about other yeah. people and how they perceive what I'm doing. But I, I've never wanted You're going to be, look at it and I you're going to say, like, is, like, I'm going to go ahead and scan myself on that. You know, and that's where right. the honesty goes both ways because you're willing to scan yourself with what someone else is saying. And, uh, you know, okay, this is what they're saying. This is how I see it. Is there a kernel of truth in what they're saying? Is there something I should look at? Right. And sometimes the answer is yes. Sometimes it's no. Sometimes, <laughs> oh, wow, it is this person's misinterpretation of this. And if they did get to know me and if they did understand me, then they'd see that we're allies. And that's what I'm going for. And the, the, the key question I ask, you know, when people are trying to vilify me, because it does happen quite often in my life, like, you know, over the last five years and things have been misinterpreted. I've been lied about. It's, it's really heartbreaking. Yeah. You know? And what I always say is like, you know, I'd love to be able to bring that that claim out into the open and talk about it. Would you talk about it with me in public? Generally, no. Um, you know, not, on, not on Facebook, but just like, you know, would you get into it with me? And right. if they're not interested in dialogue, and if they're not interested in exploring those concepts together, and I, and generally it's like, are you, you're trying to block me from doing a thing that's going to help people. Right. So why are you trying to block, like, can we just, can you allow this thing that's going to support things? And like, you don't have to like me. You really don't have to like me. But can you not block this work that I'm doing? What what it's happened really to confusing. the what happened to the parking lot? I walk by it all the time, and it's just a parking lot now. Well, it was guarded for two months uh, to the tune of six thousand dollars a week. You know, we we offered my organization offered to uh, activate it two months ago yeah. for free right. to the city two months ago, and they they were paying six thousand dollars a week for someone to guard a, an empty parking lot. Makes I, no it, sense. it just to me it was like this is news. This should be a big story yeah. because the mayor and the mayor's team are blocking a gift of service from the black belts in emergency response. Right. When it comes to villages like and and street homelessness like well, they're why aren't they using it's like putting Steph Curry on the bench during the the playoffs. Right. So it's like it just doesn't it doesn't really make sense. Like I'm like, let's work together. Because it's still empty. And why not well, have another it, village like change. the one something happened. Oh something happened? Something happened. Oh. So we got the I, I worked for two months to get attention to this and I got uh, finally I, I talked to the Chronicle and I talked to the examiner and I was just like, you guys should really report on this. It's you yeah. should report that the city's spending money, and they've spent over $50,000 during COVID to guard an empty parking it's lot. That's insane. And so finally, Hoodline reported on it. The Chronicle wouldn't report on it. The Examiner wouldn't report on it. Because they're in the, the mayor's pocket? Like, what? I, well, well, why? well, the Examiner isn't, though. But I was, so I was just like, why, why won't anyone report on this? I think this is news. And then the Hoodline did, and within two days, the city activated it, but guess what they did, Pam? They just made some squares on it, and they don't even—they didn't have any even toilets on it originally. They're just letting people be there without any services. So they turned down free services 
and then opened it up. It, it's just bizarre, and that's where I'm talking about where it's like, this is so confusing. Yeah. And people are Because you did the work. Together. The thing is that the plan has been made. Like, there's, there's plans that exist. People did work to understand, to diagnose the problem and find yeah. a solution that can work. Yeah. And yet they're saying, we're not going to use your solution at all. We're just going to make this makeshift well, you, thing. Did you know what happened in the Bayview? No, in the Bayview, are people living uh, what on a... So what happened in the Bayview was Mother Brown's kitchen. They uh, worked together with a group of neighbors and community leaders to activate MLK Park, and they turned it into a village, oh. and and it was being run by the community and, and the neighbors. And and when we first got our shower trailer, we, we, we coordinated with them, and it got delivered there. And we got a training there, and we actually started shower service, and we were doing a training with the residents of the village. And this was almost at no cost to the city, yeah. mind you. So th what does the city do? Instead of saying, this is before the Civic Center thing, too. Uh, instead of the city saying, wow, this is going really well. Thanks, Mother Brown. Thanks, community. Thanks, residents that are here. Let's build on this. And it's really low cost, and this is this is the model. And oh look, SFHC is part of it, and they really they're the ones that have been promoting this. So if they're involved, we know this is going to also have like that level, right, of uh, support. And instead of doing that, they shut it down. Sam, <gasps> what? And they moved everyone into the RVs that they had had sitting empty for months, and had already spent like hundreds of thousands of dollars to keep empty. And they did it all so that they could shut down this organic community effort, which is exactly what we should be supporting. It's, of course. Well, especially it's it's the community oh. helping the community. And it, if it's taken out of the hands of the city, then great. Uh, you know, the With standards. And that's the thing is that that's what I've always promoted is that we should have shared agreements and standards that meet health and safety codes. And, and this group in the Bayview, they were so willing to do whatever the city said. So were we as an organization. We're like, whatever you guys want. Like, you want us to space 10 feet apart or 5 feet apart or whatever. You know, like, we'll, 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 we'll play together because we're a team. And what's happening, unfortunately, is Mayor Breed is not leading the team. She's dividing the city instead of having us work together. And I so am the eternal optimist on, like, one day, London Breed and I will be working together on putting something uh, together for the city. Like I, I, I feel like it's going to happen. Well, at it, some point. and it, it needs to. I, I mean, I, I met her once, and uh, before she, when she was running for mayor, she was here at Mutiny Radio, and I was really impressed with her because her platform was really all about safe injection sites, which I'm super, mm -hmm. super down with. Because I'm walking. I mean, I've seen people shoot up in public before. But during these COVID times, I've never seen so many people shooting up just on the street and seen more needles than ever. And it, I mean, it's still, it's, it's happening. It seemed like something that she was passionate about and yet I haven't seen any traction on it. And I'm seeing more people just willy-nilly. It used to just be at, like, bus stops here and there. Just know that the mayor doesn't have a plan for ending street homelessness, Pam, and, <sighs> you know, listeners in San Francisco. Mayor Breed does not have a plan, and that's okay, and it's okay to admit that. And I think 
we could all use a lot of like scanning and humility in this moment of what we know and don't know. And not everybody has to know everything. And that's fine because we're a team. And the thing is that the mayor does not have a plan. And she doesn't think it's possible to end street homelessness. And so with that in mind, the billionaires need to join the saints and the activists. And we need to get together. And we need to, there is a plan. And my organization has it. And we, but we can only do, it's like, it's so much like an amalgam of all the presidential candidate slogans. It's like, there's a plan for that. Elizabeth Warren, right? Uh, I remember your plan during the, during the, uh, I was I was angry about it too when the Super Bowl came and they just moved everybody. You're like, instead of giving everybody vouchers, we can give them yurts. We can have housing. We can use the money yeah, for actual literal housing. And I was like, yeah, yurts. Give everybody a yurt. Yurts cost 400 bucks. They're made of felt or whatever, and they're movable and they can have a safe place to, like, yeah. It just well, makes it's a sense. Version of what's happening now. Like the details are all, all variable. Like right. Like the details of like. Do you use an insulated tent? Do you use a uh, modular hemp structure? Do you use a trailer? Do you, like all of those details are based on budget and resource availability. And but the basics are: you have a place to belong, you have shared agreements, and everybody's pitching in because you're part of the village, right. right? Like that's the key part, right? But, but the the mayor does not have a plan, and I think I'd really like to have you help me uh, spread that message. Yeah, in absolutely. That, like, we need the thing is, it's not like point. It's just like it's okay if you don't have a plan, but we do have a plan, and we want to actually put this forward. And right, we do it's, o- have it's the okay if she doesn't right have now. a plan because you guys have a plan. Like she could just adopt the plan, be like, "Oh, this is yeah. something that I haven't been yeah. able to work through, but look at this. Here it is, and it works." I implement. And, you know, we have enough billionaires, and that's what we actually need in this moment. Instead of blowing our wad going to the ballot to try to tax the wealthy it's time for everyone to just like there's so many brilliant billionaires in our midst and it's like they would love what our organization is proposing it's very like you know like there's a basic income piece of it there's a stewardship and responsibility piece metrics galore it's like but we need their money right yeah, now to yeah, purchase yeah. the property in the downturn. That's what we need the billionaires for. And we need to convince them that we can do a better job than the city and the state has been doing. And and, and my organization can convince them of that. We yeah. can do that. We so when's that. the sit down? <laughs> Where's the sit down with Google? Exactly. Hey, Google. Well, yeah, yeah. Okay, Google. It's time. Hey, Zuckerberg. It, it cool. is time. But cool. Like, cool. Cool General Hospital, Zuckerberg. Can you uh, fix the homelessness? Can you give? Can you just just kick down like a couple, ten million? I mean, no, we're talking billions. Oh, billions. I mean, that's the thing is that right now we need to be able to purchase uh, properties and convert them and have this kind of resident pro- programming so that we're creating this new baseline that we're working mm-hmm. off of. So everyone has a place to belong, but there's also like a piece of it where it's like I have a place to belong but I'm kind of living this life of a steward because well giving, I have my giving people yeah. responsibility is important I used to I used to teach young yeah. kids and it's it's one of the things you learn in like basic behavior management if you have if you have a kid who's trouble or is having problems you give them more attention and make them a leader bing, bing, bing. if you make 
because there's a reason why they're acting out or having, I, I learned from you, and I say it all the time too when I walk through the tenderloin, unpredictable behavior makes people nervous. Yeah. But they're people, and they're just having unpredictable behavior because of all the things around. I would have unpredictable behavior too if I didn't know where I was going to sleep and where my food was and if I had shoes and where, if, if all of my yeah. basic needs were not just not met, but people were constantly just ignoring them. I yeah. mean, I would have under, I would, I completely understand unpredictable behavior. It's like, <laughs> yeah. But then it's like it, the accountability goes both ways in my world where it's like, okay, we're accountable to every human. Every human has needs. I like to say needs rather than rights because it's just like, that's the most bait. We weren't born with inalienable rights. Like that right. like came out into the cave, you know, and it's just like, I have a right for shelter, and then the you know the bobcat ate you. You know, it's just like I don't know. It's like rights, but we have needs, and I think we're at a space where, as human beings, we can meet each other's needs because we understand we're all connected, and we can say like this is the baseline of needs that everyone has. But I'm going to also expect you to be a team player and consider your impact, and yeah. so that's where the shared agreements come in. This is a whole thing I've, you know, we've been working on for a while, and uh, this is the kind of thing that Jack Dorsey would love. You know, this is the kind of thing that Benioff would love. But somehow, we gotta we gotta flow in there. We gotta flow in and and get the meeting with the billionaires. Uh, and it's getting closer to that. I'll just say, like, it's not even. This isn't even like make believe. I talk to people who are friends with billionaires. Wow. Like, it's that close right now. There's a UC Hastings lawsuit. But this is our time, Pam, yeah. to do something exciting for the city, for the Bay Area, for California, where we, we actually have the resources, but we just have to take a look at, like, how do we get those right now? Yeah, how do we allocate partner, what we have? I'd rather partner with the billionaires than fight them. Yeah. You know, it's just so silly if we have to fight them. It's just but we, I understand that we might have to, but I just I hope we can convince and persuade that's like it's so much more pleasant if you just work with us to do it this way. <laughs> well, and it's it's about I mean money. I I just watched that horrible Jeff Epstein thing, and I was like, uh, so does money? Perfect. I mean, there was a money corrupts. I I mean, I guess it it does. But when it's when you get to a point where you're a billionaire like that, how much do you need? And are you somehow a better person or better as a human? Is your humanity somehow more elevated or more special? I, I think being a human is being a human, that there's an equality there in that we're all alive, we all eat, we all poop. Yet somehow we've, and we buy into it too, because we couldn't give them all our money if we weren't giving them all our, all our money, <laughs> you know, like... I don't know. I feel like Jeff Bezos needs to come down and um, save the day because he's made but so much money. But the thing is, like, it, it just needs to be. I feel like we just. There's a quote somewhere, and I forget who said it, but like, you have to make it. You have to make the revolution irresistible. Yeah. And I forget who said that. I I could Google it, but uh, you know, it's just that concept of the billionaires. They want to be the heroes. Like, yeah. currently, it's like superheroes are the thing, right? Avengers. Etc. Right. And uh, it's Team America, whatever. And <laughs> so it's like this, they want to be that, you know. They don't want to be Doctor Evil, right? Right. Um, 
and that's so funny because like Bezos like could really go either way. He's like very primed to be like Doctor Evil because <laughs> like, he looks like him even. You know? Sure. Like the, the villain, but it's so easy to do to flip a switch right now and actually say we're going to focus on baseline. Not trying to say you can't have this Bezos, just that we want this new baseline. And you can be really generous with what people get um, and set up some form of reciprocity and stewardship. Um, and he, he'll still have plenty left over. That's just yeah. so cost efficient to do what you want to do. It's just so silly. It's so silly that we're – but, you know, it's like it's like saying war is silly. Uh, right, and then right. people are like, well, yeah, it's silly, but, like, that's what's happening at the borders and, you know. I used to – easy to say it's silly. But. I used to be really into uh, Clinton. It, it went away, but Clinton had this program, and I worked for it, actually, where uh, the, they would have the, – the they would go to school. Basically, they wouldn't get their unemployment unless they did – 40 hours a week of education yes, and I was yeah. the teacher. And so they were getting paid basically to go to school, but mm -hmm. that also in turn created jobs for teachers. And then mm -hmm. we educated people. So right. what's wrong with that? So it was That's like, beautiful. there were students who I was teaching to help get their GED and they had to be there and they had to sign, have the paper signed yeah, and that's exactly. how they got their weekly check. Exactly. That's how we do GA in San Francisco is that if you can work – so we already have a system for this. That's the beauty, too, is that you you want to build on the existing system to the extent possible so you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. And that's what's beautiful is that in the system that we're proposing, it actually builds off of what's already there. Like And what you just said – GA requires people to do X amount per week of service or training. And so we can just expand what those opportunities are because we could start investing in climate resiliency, yes. soil stewardship, skill building, uh, you know, just like find some manufacturing jobs um, that are, you know, supporting green energy, whatever. Like, let's, yeah. let's expand that. I'm I'm all for expanding education too. I feel like we need to bring critical thought back to people. That we sort of culled it Whew. from our education system with No Child Left Behind, and it's time to start reading books again. That was another thing I feel like COVID's been really positive is that a lot of people were like got bored of TV real quickly, and now they're reading again, which I think is I think is great because I I feel like literature can can save the world in that it teaches you empathy and that any you can identify with any main character that you're reading you mm. you become part of that story and then you can learn something and be empathetic and i feel like literature can save the world because men can read that it and be like oh i get i understand experience. that main character and she's a woman oh and it might open up their mind in some way about misogyny or homophobia or you know like mm. but only through it's, it's like living in someone else's shoes it's just fictionally. I just, yeah. I, I feel like. I like that. I, you know, that makes that, obviously that's true. And, but I, I just haven't thought about that for a while, that the, that reading novels, it puts, it's that first person approach where you identify it when you're watching something, you're still going to have your judgments and your biases and, and not identify with someone necessarily who's the lead character because they're different. Right. Cause you're not, 
in it. it it's in passive. Head. That's the thing about what we've sort of He's done. Is we've, <laughs> the passive imbibement of images is right. pervasive. And it, it removes us from a level of responsibility and connecting with whatever. Because you're just... You could just vapidly consume it, you know? Like, I mean, I try to watch a lot of documentaries and be like, you know, <laughs> critical thought. and But it's still, it's. I feel like that medium is built for us to just fade away and, and not be engaged. Mm. Um, I like to be engaged. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What else is the time that. for? Like, what else are we doing here? Get in there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Like, you know, and at the same time, I'm just, uh, it's so strange because I was so ready to act in so many ways. And for for whatever reasons, I was being blocked. Like, yeah. like the tarot reading said. Yeah. And, like lots of blockages. And it's so, it, it just makes me scratch my head because, you know, I've been busy. We've been out on the streets of the Tenderloin. We've been delivering food and we got the shower and, you know, we've been doing a lot of work out there. Um, so I've been, you know, pretty active. Are uh, they providing meals at the um, at the little camp? They are. Oh, they that's are great. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's just one of these stabilizing essential needs triage things. So it's great. And are people, but, uh, can people go in and out? Or do they have to oh, yeah. stay in? Okay. Then why? Oh, yeah. They can, they can go in and out. But, but it's, it's not like. full. Because is it full or there's, because a block away from that on Hyde. Gosh, on Hyde and McAllister, there's like 15 tents that are right up against that little, um, yeah, uh, there's a little garden. Yeah, and I'm like, why are you guys there. here and not there? Is it that it's full and there's no more room, or is it like a choice right. that people yeah. are saying? Well, the other thing is that we should be activating all of the hotel rooms, and we're already paying for a certain number of them, and we could get reimbursement almost. Almost full reimbursement for what's happening during this time. And I know people who have been on the streets or in shelters for years, and through this experience, they ended up in a hotel room. And it's, it's, it really like was a cause for celebration and deep joy talking to a couple people on the phone who I'm, you know, organizing with. Uh, and they said, Amy, I got into a hotel. And I was like, oh my God, what an amazing. Thing to hear because that person the last time I heard them was you know maybe even considering killing themselves because they were just so down in the dumps right. you know yeah and here it is like they're like it was a really bad day Amy and then all of a sudden somehow I was in the right place and I got offered this hotel room and and now I'm in the hotel room and I just feel like it's such a blessing and that per- person's a San Francisco native who's 65 years old wow you know, like who's living wow. on the street. Her husband died um, recently, and so she became homeless. And wow. uh, that is uh, a couple heartbreaking. Years ago. And it, but you know, it's like this is the stuff. And like those hotel rooms, that's what a hotel room means to people, right? Right now. Um, and the mayor, for some reason, is not activating them. And the board of supervisors is really coming down heavy, and she's just flexing, saying, "Well, I don't have to." Technically. Oh. And that is what is going on there. London. Well, Please. and what, 50, 50% of, um, of San Francisco's homeless population is over 50 years old. And you can tell you could tell a lot about a society by how they treat their old people. And we don't seem to care too much about our old people. And I don't oh, get it. Yeah. I don't understand. I mean, 
it just it it makes me nervous for my own future. <laughs> like, what's gonna? Okay. Well, I I encourage us to just stay in the moment because we can't predict any of this shit, you know. Right. And you think you're like people think they're safe and stable. And I'm going to just go ahead and say it. What really makes us stable is having a lot of people in our network that we look out for each other. Right. And and you know what? That could happen instantaneously because you could not have a friend in the world one day and you're down in the dumps. And the next day you meet your friends in a chat room in New Jersey, <laughs> a bunch yeah. of comics, and they're like, we're going we're gonna to send you $100 because you need it right now. You know, like you just never know yeah. like, when you're going to build these. Like, but that's what keeps us safe is that you have pe- like that you're able to network with people. Like, just keep that in mind. You yeah. know, we can try to keep our cushions and have our little nest eggs if we can gather our you know, nuts and bury them away and have something in the future. You know, we could mitigate risk to a certain extent, but we can't predict this shit. We really can't. We can't gather you rosebuds. Why you may? I was I was actually <laughs> thinking about. Cashing out a four, I have two 401ks from when I used to be a responsible adult in my 20s and 30s. And I was thinking, like, I should just cash one of them out because I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen in the future. And, I, I mean, if it'll if it'll save the station, I, I honestly don't think I'm going to, like, live till I'm 64 to be able to get that money tax-free anyways. I just don't Aww. think that's going to happen. I mean, not to be all, like, blah, 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 but. I, I don't know what I think about that, hearing you say that. Oh, really? Know? Oh, I've lived a hard life, Amy. I've done, you know, I'm I'm a, I'm a mutt, and I still do. What is this, leaving Las Vegas? No, no, not like that. I, I um. Okay. I do, no, I stopped <laughs> drinking that hard. I, okay. I, I used to drink more wildly than I, than I do, but no, I just. I'm just I'm a I'm I'm a wacky person. I take a lot of risks, you know, and so I just yeah. wouldn't be. I would be surprised. I was surprised I made it to past forty. I I used to I'm say I'm with you there, girl. I'm with you there. I, I just, didn't I didn't necessarily know I'd make it this long. I'm forty three now. Oh yeah, I'm I'm forty. I turned forty six this year. I can't I can't believe it, and I yeah, feel I like a fourteen year old. For me, been <laughs> like what I've you know. What I've been through as well, my choices that I've made, you know, I feel like, uh, you know, it could have gone like certain ways a couple of times, like living right on the edge. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I'm yeah. Living on the uh-huh. edge. Well, I'm doing, doing stand up. Who know? And this, this radio station, like sometimes I wonder, sometimes I love it. I'm like, this is everything. And then sometimes I look at it and I'm like, what am I doing with my life? Yep. Like, what oh, is man. this? But I, I'm I love it, and I feel like a Good. wacky San Francisco bohemian trying to keep alive the free speech spirit. You know. I love it. <sighs> I love it. <laughs> it's all gonna be. It's all gonna be okay. That was um. I want to get this tattoo on my chest plate that says it's all going to be okay, but in script and backwards, so that when I look in the mirror, it's the right direction for me. <laughs> but for everyone exactly. else, it's backward. When and you just do your selfies. Just, It'll come through. Yeah, I just it's gonna be it's gonna be okay. I, I honestly believe that everything is gonna be okay and that we're we're gonna come out of this stronger and more empathetic to our fellow human being. And more I mean, just as everybody's been so isolated and disconnected, whenever we come out of this, I feel like people are just gonna 
go crazy with connection. I mean, I feel like it's gonna San Francisco. It's gonna be like a huge orgy in the streets where everyone's gonna be like, "I love everyone." Let's like, you know. Um, I I I don't know, but I hope that we all grow from and and that's what that's what uh, stress does and problems. We literally it forces us to grow, and so this is the time to grow positively and try to change some things since everything's changing and, anyway so we might as yeah. well change some things positive for the for the good of the of the whole can you imagine and if there wasn't with poop? our do it with the lovers with the, lo- it with the, the, the poop. lovers it was it was so crazy i was walking down a feral and someone lives <laughs> sort of like on the ground floor but a little bit under it and they were out their window dumping water because like that's clearly someone's bathroom and i was walking by and i was thinking this poor, this person who lives there, they do this every every morning. They have to wake, they have to open their window, and they have to wash the poop down the street. There's gotta be a way for us to at least stop the poop. Like we can't, as a whole city, be like people deserve. And I've noticed this so much in COVID. There's nowhere to go to the bathroom. I had to go to the bathroom the other day. I had nowhere to go. We right. were at the we were at the gas station. I was there with my buddy. He was getting gas. And I go up to the guy and I'm like, hey, can I use the bathroom? He's like, oh, it's not open. And I'm like, I'm on 17th and Petrero. What do I do? So I had to I had to go yeah. to the park and go potty. Like, I. I yeah, it gives you some empathy there for sure. And we can do much better. And remember, there's no plan to end street homelessness coming from the mayor, the city doesn't have any kind of comprehensive plan, but dun da da da, St. Francis Homelessness Challenge has a multi-pronged plan, and now we need the funding to do it. So, do you, do you know Velasco Velasco Win? Do you, are you familiar with Velasco Win? He's a he's running for uh, a district. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, him and Myrna Melgar. He's he's that. awesome. He's just he's a stand-up comedian. He's done work here at Mutiny Radio. I support him like crazy because he was a he was a public defender, and now um, or he is the public defender, and now he's running for uh, the the district. And I'm just I think he's great. Yeah, I mean he's and he's so open and so empathetic. He would be a if when he gets elected, he would be I think a great resource. For the St. Francis well, the, Homelessness well, I'm more Challenge. For right now, like who's willing to pony up with some, you know, like some commitments. And I did talk to Myrna Melgar, who's also running for District 7 supervisor, and she liked these concepts and said so publicly. Great. Even uh, at one point, but there's been no follow up. Uh. And generally, that's what ends up happening with elected leaders. It happens, you know, with with quite a few people that's why i ended up running for mayor yeah that was uh, so great yimby twice but uh one two three anyone but ed lee i have that t-shirt yeah one two and, three for you know, equity people weren't uh actually they didn't have a plan and they wouldn't talk about that or admit it or really go to that next level and so i like to talk to everyone yeah. you know that's my style like I remember when District uh, 10 was having their supervisor race, I was able to meet with two of the candidates at the same time to talk about safe, organized spaces, you know, a couple of years ago. And they're like, thought it was kind of weird to do that. But 
why is it weird to bring people together and say, even if you're running against each other, maybe you both agree with this concept and we can all be a team on this concept, right? Yeah. Uh, so that's what I'm hoping. And it's Velasca. Is that how you say it? Yeah, Velasca, V-I-L-A. It's because his uh, win at N-Y-U-N-G or uh, – v- yeah. yeah we're, win. we're connected on Facebook and I hear very good things uh, – so far, you know, I'm thinking both of them would make really good District 7 supervisors, and I'm hoping to talk with both of them yeah. some more. He's he's so. he's great, and he's hilarious. He has he has some. I mean, his comp, he's really helped out Mutiny Radio too because he he's done some shows here, and he packs the house. And then maybe we should do you, me, and him uh, an hour. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that'd be easy to set up. Yeah. Oh, we could also do, and I guess if we did that, you'd have to probably offer it to uh, the other folks as well, huh, for Sh- fairness? Sure. Well, I think that every if anyone's running for, for their district, we, we have to acknowledge. It's so crazy to me that we have this huge issue that we just ignore, and it needs to be at the forefront. And we all – I walk by it every day, and I have no yeah. idea – how to combat this issue that I, I it hurts it it hurts me yeah to see people hurt. not having the resources that they need to to yeah, survive exactly. in this city that is so wealthy and has so many resources and we just walk by and just turn a blind eye and it's impossible right now to turn a blind eye when there are so many tents everywhere there are people there's there must there must be a way for us to come together. Well, this. we need a plan for eight thousand people, Pam, and yeah. we've got a plan for eight thousand people. Woo-hoo! Like you can't you can't you can't have a plan for two thousand people when you need a plan for eight thousand people. Right. It's basic math. Yeah. And I don't understand why the San Francisco voters have allowed themselves to fall for that all these years of like like no one has a plan for the whole amount and because they're just trying to sell you that they can't solve it. Right. And maybe I understand it's intimidating to say, like, wait, we have to solve this. Like, it's been going on since Reagan was the, the governor. You know, right. like, we have to solve this. It's so intense. Wait, this is. And then Reagan was president. It's, but it's like, come on. Reagan was the president when I was in, you know, in the 80s when I was right. in elementary school. And and he was governor before I was born. So why is it that we're still saying, well, Reagan, <laughs> like, come on. Like we we can do better than this. I, yeah, we I, we'll put the challenge up. Thank you. You put me in a better <laughs> mood, Amy Farrowwise. Yeah, <laughs> Thinking yeah. about my fellow man instead of my instead of my my sad sad face. <laughs> well, you just showed me up with your uh, your tales of New Jersey uh, comic rooms. Yeah, Zoom, Zoom rooms. rooms. That's great. That's, that's like, awesome. You're making you're making the connection. Oh yeah. This time. <laughs> well, when COVID when COVID's like released or whatever. I, I mean, I don't know when we'll get to travel and when audiences will exist again, but I'll go to New Jersey. I'll go do some comedy in New Jersey. That'll be fun. There I, you go. See, you're making connections. Like, the future's getting shaped out right now in ways that it really couldn't have it could, Yeah, it couldn't have. Well, sweet. Um, actually, someone else just called. That beep was another caller. Thank you so much for calling yeah, me, Amy Farrowes. Yeah, it was great to talk with you, my dear. You're the best. Okay. Bye. Mutiny Radio, you're live on the air. 
Oh, so you're not sad anymore? No, I'm still sad. No, Amy Farrowise, Amy Farrowise cheered me up. That was good. Oh, in that case, can you read my tarot? Sure. Who is this? Uh, a concerned citizen who listens to you regularly and oh, wow. never calls in. And you're worried about my mental health. That's so sweet. Well, um, I looked on the Facebook, and there was no more rocket launches to watch or rioting, so I had nothing else to do but read your post. Oh, thank you for calling to... To cheer me up, yeah. I we had this we had this great comedy show here last night, and uh, everyone was distanced, and that was great, and it was a lot of fun. I think I had a good set, but it's uh it's hard for me to enjoy myself right now because I I'm feeling lonely. You feel guilty. Guilty? Oh, I no, I'm not guilty. Guilty because there's so much terrible stuff going on. No, 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 no. I'm not. I don't. I I mean, I guess maybe because I'm having. I am having a pretty good time in COVID, but today I'm like, oh, I feel like so today I've, I've some of there's some people that are having fun without me and that hurts my feelings a little bit because I know that oh. they're having fun and I'm like, you didn't invite me. I know you're having fun. Hurt my feelings. Well, I feel that way about the whole world. You feel that way about the whole world? Everyone's going somewhere. Yeah, everyone's fun. having fun. I'm stuck in a, in a, a hovel. I'm a caretaker for my Dad, and that's it, baby. Wow. I've been stuck here 24-7. I can't go out because I can't risk infecting him. Wow. So I have a lot of time on my hands to listen to Mutiny Radio. Yeah. What have you been doing? Have you been w- re- reading books, watching Netflix? Oh. What's in your queue, bro? Well, I, I, I claim to be a very he- uh, heavy reader, but I, I'm actually lying. I listen to audiobooks and then say I read the book. Ah. Hey, fair so, enough. I don't know if I guess that counts though, really. Sure, because I mean, I listen to the unabridged version. Yeah, so. listen to the stand. Uh, so. <laughs> it's hard to read when you get older. I I'm having a difficult time reading because my eyesight is just. I'm I'm beer goggling myself all the time now. Like I can't see anything. It's one of the gifts of age is I can't see like what's happening to me, but. Ugh. Oh, you don't have, you're not nearsighted or farsighted then? You oh, I'm just, it's, everything's getting with? super blurry. I just can't see, I can't see anything up. I used to be able to read up close, but now I can't at all. I have to pull it away like an old woman. Yeah. Pull. It's terrible. Okay, so let's think it's about those you. Those damn so, lenses. Those damn, I, it's, it's, I'm getting old. They just old keep growing. Sucks. Your ears, your nose, and your eye lenses will just grow and grow. You know, after you're dead, they continue to grow. You're, That's why the ground over cemeteries goes up year after year. What? <laughs> You're, okay, see, I'm I'm so gullible. I believe everything. Um, so I'm uh, I'm shuffling the cards, and you think of a question. You don't have to tell me the question because it colors. The oh reading. God, I have to think of something. I yeah. thought you did everything. No, no, I'm no, very no, no, passive. No, no, no. It only it oh. works. You have to think of a question that you a burning question that you want some sort of resolution on, and when it's the only thing in your mind, you tell me to stop, and I'm shuffling the cards. Oh boy. So here I am shuffling. I wasn't prepared to have to think. Hold on. <laughs> An obvious one. Shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. Shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. Okay. Okay. So. Am I supposed to ask the question? No, nope, no, nope, don't, don't tell me the question. It colors the reading, but think of the question one more time in your head. And would your question best be answered? By a one-hit wonder, like, this is the answer, yes or no? By a problem solution or by a past, present, future? A one, two, or three card reading. You choose. One. One. 
hit me. All right. Oh wow. Okay. Uh, the Ace of Swords. This is exciting. You're on. You're at the. If 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 it's a yes or no, it's definitely a yes. You're at the beginning uh. of a of a new journey of action. In that Swords is, it's it's past thought. You've like, you've you've had feelings. Then you've had thoughts. Now you're moving into action, and you're beginning a new journey of action. Oh, we're not open. Sorry. We're not open right but now. But I'm very lazy. I don't know how that's oh. going to work. I mean, I have to do stuff now? Um, no, no, no. You're, it means that you're at the beginning <laughs> of a new journey of um, where you're, you, you have – the idea has been done, and you're moving into the future – uh, with this new plan, which is uh, which is real and it's action, and so it's yes, go with the plan. So if it's a yes or no question, it's yes. All right, I'm gonna okay now. If it, if it backfires on me, I'm holding you responsible. No problem, definitely hold me responsible. <laughs> it's fine. If it involves, I'm I'm wild today. I've got I'm 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 gonna do some weird shit today, and I and I, I listen to you a lot. You're wild every day. Oh, what are you, you talking listen to about? me a lot. That's so nice. Yeah, I'm. I'm oh, a lot be... of people do, especially in the city. Uh, wow, I I flabbergasted. Yeah, I'm like woohoo. Uh, but I I'm in a, I'm ready. I made a I made a phone call, and the person didn't pick up, and I'm like coward. I finally like know exactly what I'm gonna say, and now I they won't pick up the phone. I'm like, oh, it's finally gonna be brave, and confront the situation that's been just hounding me, and I know. I know how to move past. I've done so many tarot card readings on this too. I know exactly what I need to do, and now I can't because uh, they won't pick up the you're, phone. You're talking so elliptically. I'm dying to know what it is, what you're talking about. Oh, um, I, I if you're a, if you're a regular listener, you would know that I have a I have a crush on a boy, and oh uh, yes, okay, yeah. that's what you're talking. And okay. I um I I have, it's it's awful, and I need to make it stop, and the, and I know exactly how to make it stop now, but. I, I have to have a conversation with him, and that's what'll do it. Because I'll embarrass Generally, myself. going out with the person for a while will kill any uh, idealism you have about a person. No, it does. It does it well. I'm not gonna. That I mean, I just have to. But I need, I need to debase myself to the point where I'm so embarrassed <laughs> that I'm so embarrassed that it, uh, that I can't that that I've you know jumped the shark, and then it's like, all right, well I jumped the shark, cool. But I can't. I just can't. I have to be radically honest about it and talk to them. Like, and I kind of, now I'm excited to do it. I'm like, aha. It's like, I yeah, I'm excited. To, I just pulled a card for myself, and of course it's the devil. Like, that's what I get constantly. I'm like, <laughs> I know, because he's the devil. And so I've got to I've got to stop this these crazy shenanigans. So that's, I'm ready. I'm finally ready to move on. And I just... I'm an old lady. I need the closure. I can't have the closure in my head. I have to do it in real life. You're not an old lady. I am so old. Than, Thank you for saying. Well, I'm older than you, so every time you say that, it's like it's, you're slapping everyone who's older than you. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, it's, I, will, I mean, I'll I have to my stop. delusions to maintain. Right. If you're old, then I'm older. I I just this gravity thing is really starting to fuck with me. Like. <laughs> oh yes. Well, I'm quite pendulous myself. <laughs> it's really. I just, I just can't. Women have it more on the top, but and the, the and the men have the whole uh, clacker ball thing going on. Oh, uh, yes, the side scrotum. You know, 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Start stepping on them and stuff. It's awful. You yeah, know, never I wear bet. Bermuda shorts because you're always treading on them. You throw them over your shoulder like a continental soldier. Remember that song? Do your balls hang low? Do they wobble to and fro? Can you tie them in a knot? Can you tie them in a bow? <laughs> I'm not. You know, I'm not going to say I remember that because that also would make me old. Can you throw it over your shoulder like a continental soldier? Do your balls? Hang I thought it was low? an over-the-shoulder boulder holder. Oh, that right. Must be well, those are that's else. for the yeah. That's the great bit Bette Midler song from back in the day. So are you gonna? <laughs> are you gonna? Are you gonna follow? Are you gonna take that yes and you're gonna go with it into the future? It sounds like I have no choice. So yeah, yeah. Gonna, why not? You gotta let you gotta let me know. If I'm you, up if for it. I got all sorts of. Okay, I'll let you know. You let me know on the Facebooks. Uh, then I'll know. Okay. Then I'll, I'll know which one of. I'll use the code name Ron. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, so I got a. Uh, I I had prepared a joke. Oh, for go you ahead. That into what? But you're not sad. But uh, no, no, no. I am. I am. I am. I am sad. I mean, I'm. I'm sad. At, I'm sad about. I'm sort of, I'm mourning the end of my crush. Basically, I'm like sad because oh. I know, I know that it's it's done its time, it's done its duty, it's lived its life, and it has to go away. And I'm a little bummed about that uh, because I wrote a lot of good poems, but it's time to like move on and stop being a. I'm sure there's 37 people lined up. <laughs> you oh, know, I don't know. Waiting for you to get over this one. Right. Well, I'm I don't. Sure. I honestly don't know. I, I mean, I've been getting but a lot of attention in the tenderloin. I've been getting a lot these COVID times. I've been getting a lot of attention. Like, I You've I didn't know. You've been getting a lot of attention in your tenderloin. In my te- yeah. I, well, I wish I had some attention in my tenderloins. But as I when oh. I walk through the tenderloin every day, I get. I don't mind getting catcalled. I don't mind at all. I actually, I'm a terrible person. I'm putting feminism back 20 years, but I like it at this point because it makes me be like, oh. I am an attractive person. Oh, like I've, oh, I, I'd see myself. It's I always wear- astonishing to me when you, you, someone you think is really spunky and <laughs> like a very strong personality and lots of charisma, and then they they talk like, oh, I, I, I can't believe someone thought I was attractive. It's, it's always shocking to me. Oh, I have, I have. Very, very low self-esteem. Why do you think I do stand-up comedy? Great. I well, am like, yeah, you're that's right. You're a comedian, so I, I, you're I'm, a terrible person. <laughs> oh, my God. I hate myself so much. That's one of the things. one of the reasons that I hate myself is that I'm like, I can hate myself more than anyone else can because it's like a safety mechanism. Like, it's true. No way can you hate You're me. hoping someone out there will, will show up and go, no, no, you're wonderful. But you yeah. constantly need that because you're – as soon as they stop saying it, you're back to, I'm awful. I'm oh, awful. it's, uh, I mean, and the other thing is I seek validation from the wrong people. So, like, I'm clamoring after validation from some people that I'll never, I'll never, ever get it from. But it's been, it it hasn't been all that bad in that, like, every decision I've made since January, pretty much, has been to try to impress this one person, and they're not impressed. But... I've done a ton of shit, but I've done, like, that's the thing, though. I've done, I got these shows going on. I've done all this stuff. I've gotten these poems published. All these things are happening. And so. Probably doesn't appeal a firebrand like you. A certain kind of personality doesn't want that. I guess. They probably want something doughy and submissive and boring so they can shine. Who doesn't want poems written about them? Come on. Is that, that's weird. Oh, I don't know. I had some dude writing poems about me, and I didn't really want them. Oh, and did it, how did it make you feel that you were being pursued? 
uh, well, he, he <laughs> when he realized I wasn't uh, playing on the same team, he just stopped. And then I felt really like, hey, wait a minute. I was <laughs> I realized I was enjoying the compliment. I didn't care if it was coming from a guy or a girl. Yeah. Or anything else. Sure. I was like, then I started getting jealous. Like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> Why aren't you writing poems about me anymore? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'll I... write a poem about you. Oh yeah. Tell Except me the, the joke. poems Tell I write the... are never serious or deep like yours. They're they're really goofy and they all rhyme and oh, they all end good. up being like Dr. Seuss meets Lewis Carroll <laughs> if they had some really bad stepped on coke. <laughs> Tell me, tell me the joke. Well, you've, I, I was going to – it's really corny, and I'm assuming you've heard it, so you probably know the punchline. I was just going to throw it at you. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, it's, what, are they, what, did, what did they charge pirates to get their ears pierced? Uh, a doubloon? What? No, I don't know the punchline. Buccaneer. Uh, <laughs> Buccaneer. Got a laugh out of you. It's That's awful. good. Yeah. That's good. Very nice. All right, okay, well, I'll, I'll leave it on a high note then. Yeah. Before I screw it up. Yeah, All hey. Right, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for calling in. Yay! I'm in a better mood because people are nice to me. That's really cool. Uh, here is a song uh, from The Cure.
There it is. Did he take the money? Of course. Mr. Sting! Mr. Sting! Wakey, wakey! Mr. Sting! We have a visitor! I think he remembers! You're a hard man to find. Not hard enough. How did he look? Older. Just one song. And I'll choose it. Play it.
Chris Rocky's on the phone. Am hey, right? it's uh, Lacey Waistband. Your cross-dressing comedian. Oh, it's Lacey comedian. Waistband. All right. Yeah. We want some uh, some jollies. We got to uh, cheer each other up. Comedy. Yeah. How are you doing? Um, feeling pretty good today. Had a good day. Went up to Napa and Ooh. met with a builder to look at a uh, uh, who looked at my dad's piece of property up there. And then I stopped off at the Oxbow Market and had a couple beers and a pizza. It's open? The Oxbow me. Market is open? You better believe it, baby. Wow. Because Napa yeah. is open. It's just that San Francisco's closed. Yeah. There's a lot of social distancing and masks. Wow. You have to take the mask off while you're eating the, the delicious sausage pizza. Yum, yum. <laughs> That Oxbow place is great. I love, I miss, I haven't been to Napa in a long time. I, I used to go a lot when I was a Richie Pants kind of person, but now mm-hmm. I can't afford to go wine tasting. I just go up there and go to the Safeway. The Safeway in Napa is amazing. They have great wines there. I didn't know that. It's oh, a great, cool. it's a great, uh, um, their wine section is amazing. Yeah, it took me 90 minutes from, um, from St. Carlos, where I live, up to uh, Redwood Road. That's where the property is, so that's up. Redwood turns to and turns to Trancus, so if you go up Redwood, all the way up there by the Hess Winery. So it took me 90 minutes, which was awesome. Yeah. And then, of course, while I'm up there, I'm like, I want a little slice of vacation. I'm going to go to the Oxbow Market. Yeah. Yeah, I need a slice of vacation. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you, you have a car? No, I don't. I haven't driven a car since 2007. Okay. Yeah, You're I just... I don't. Uh, I got a DUI a long time ago, and I it, I just decided I'd I'd never drive again, and I'm not. I, okay. I wasn't a good driver to begin with. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like I was ever a good driver. So, <laughs> the roads are and it stresses me out like crazy. I can't imagine that I ever drove a car, like the 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 uh, there's some cognitive dissonance there. Like the the faith in architecture and all that stuff that that hurtling yourself in a pile of metal through the universe and everyone around you is also hurtling themselves <laughs> at, at great speeds and everyone just is cool with that i'm like really we're all just okay we with all that. have to agree that that painted line means something right we all just we're in agreement that you don't drive on this side of the yellow line you stay on that side of the yellow line i'll stay on this side and we're fine and it's been fine so it's far. been working it's been working out uh so yeah. what are you going to do to cheer me up here um. Uh, I thought this. Wait. Oh, you you're, you're doing it. It's fe- I gotta yeah, go no, you're doing a good job. And beyond. No, hey, you're uh, you're you called. That's that means something. That I put. I the... do have a ten minute clip of my comedy. So I've been working at this. It had been twenty months in March, and I got enough material together in order to have a ten minute clip. And I performed with Paul Brumbaugh uh, in Redwood City. And it was, All right. You know, it was prepared, and I recorded it, and that was March 3rd. And I'm like, okay, now I have something to promote. I don't necessarily have to slum it in the open mics as much. Now hopefully I can get a gig and build on that. And then, of course, this shit hit the fan. Right. So I, I haven't performed comedy. I haven't worn makeup. I haven't shaved my legs. I haven't shaved my armpits. I have shaved my face, and I've closed my nose hairs. My <laughs> eyebrows are out of control. Um, so I'm, I'm, 
I've been making a little bit of music with some friends, but I, I really want to get back to performing. Yeah, I'm in front of people. I've been uh, lucky that we're still uh, we've been doing those distancing shows here at Mutiny Radio, and last night there were quite a few people. So uh, I mean, it was. It's bigger than it's ever been, but no one, I mean, no one was gathered. They, everyone was definitely social distancing, uh, mm-hmm. but there was, there was a good amount of people. So I actually got to feel like I performed in front of people. And I think, I, I think I had a pretty good set. It felt good. I mean, so I'm, I'm trying to count my blessings where I can in these COVID times. Ugh. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I think they're so weird. I, I don't, I hope. When when everything comes back, man, we never hear have to hear a COVID joke. I hope we never have huh. to hear about this. That we just focus on where let's pick up where we left off and um, yeah, yeah, I hope so too. Put it in the rearview mirror. I can't like I can't wait till things open up again. I just I, things August, are getting things are getting right? weird. I'm not used to spending I'm not using used to spending this much alone time with myself, and I've been doing some like deep introspection and really fucking with my own head quite a bit and oh it's it happens it happens like yeah. these waves of i'm fine it's cool i had a good conversation i made some music i know you bake so i'm sure that keeps you busy <laughs> and then there's these other times that i'm like oh god where what's going on yeah yeah. Is that is that allergies or am I dying? <laughs> I think I'm I think I'm dying a little bit. Well, I never realized how how social I am as a person until this is until this happened. Like how how much I crave social interaction. I didn't realize oh, that I was such killing extroverts. Yeah, I'm like I guess I'm super extroverted. So all of this and it's I mean it's great that I've been I've been writing and doing some stuff, but I just. Oh. I haven't written any comedy because nothing's funny. I know. Nothing feels funny right now to me. I Well, also because I'm sad. I mean, it's only. Yes, I can't. I'm just, I got to. I, boys. I got to stop being boy crazy. It's like. It's got to end. I, I, I've been boy crazy since I was like. I remember being in kindergarten and being boy crazy. Oh. Like, oh, you're one of those. Oh yeah, I was. I was the girl chasing boys around the, around We're the. We're gonna uh, get married, and you're my boyfriend. Yeah, exactly. That was like <laughs> what I was going for as a kid, and uh-huh. um, I still feel that way. I still feel like I'm chasing after boys that are chasing after baseball cards and looking at a stolen Playboy. Like I, I feel like <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I'm feeling like a child right now. And I'm just being a baby. Out of, con- out of control. Right? I'm out of control. I'm out okay. of control, Lacey Waistband. I'm out of control. Like, I even, yeah. I negated all of my feminist everything. I, I hadn't shaved my legs or my bush or my pits in years. Like, they, everything was, and now I did. I did. I, I turned in, and I started wearing makeup again. I turned in my feminist card, and I just, I turned right into a basic bitch trying to, like, Look cute for Pay boys. Pay attention to me. Pay I, attention. Yeah, I'm so basic. I, um, I, I don't. I do. I, I mean, fuck. I do it for fun. But part of it, there's definitely a draw of 
pay attention to me. I need the attention. Yeah. Look at me. I'm tall. Look at me. Look, I'm wearing heels. Look at me. That there's that. And I, before I kind of came out, um, I was super anxious about Halloween. Like, oh God, I can really be myself. How once a year. I can right. be myself. And then I got this freedom, and I'm like, fuck, I'm going for it. Yeah. It's Tuesday, I'm going out. You know, who am I going to run into? Who can I flirt with? Who can I talk with? Yeah. Um, Ugh, I'm, so I, I, wa- got, I want to flirt I, so much. I, I, oh, my God. I miss, like. Yeah, I'm so good at it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I used it's to like be. One of my I can't remember. Oh, flirting. <sighs> There's so many things I miss. I miss, I miss bars so much. I miss, and it's not even the drinking part. It's the being around people part that I, and having weird conversations with people like all, and that's fine. I'm doing it here at the station and like people are calling in and I'm doing zoom rooms and, Mm -hmm. and I mean, I, I should be getting enough attention, but it's just not, I just, just not being the fulfilled. people I don't know. I want to go talk to people that I don't know. I want right? people to, with with a cross dressing, you know, costume, if you will. People come up to me and sure. they're like, "Hi, who are you?" And you look pretty. And um, I just people will come up to me, and it's a magnet, and I fucking love it. It yeah. validates all of the effort that goes into it. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I mean, I get that. I get that when online. I walk down the I mean, tenderloin when I'm wearing makeup and a. I've been I've been dressing up a lot more on my walks here mm-hmm. to the station, and I mean, I I'm craving that attention from strangers. I really am, and it's weird. It's weird to be like using my femininity in a way that I, I mm-hmm. mean, I'm feeling like a witch because I'm all witchy. I'm like. Like, look at me, like I'm crafting myself to make people look at me. Feminine sexuality is powerful. Is it? And men men know it, yeah. Men know it, but they don't really want to, like, talk about it. And I think that's one reason that women have been so oppressed, because men want something. They want to possess it. They want to have that. And then it makes them kooky. I I feel almost the opposite way and that I think that Mm. like I wish I was a dude I wish that I wish I had that like the power and the I don't know volition that the guys have that Mm. they get to be this sort of deciding force because I see myself like bending to the whims of men to try to impress them like and it's terrible it's Mm. it's what I fought for so many years with my feminist tropes and now I just feel like yeah. such a like such a hypocrite because I so quickly was like okay I know how to I think I know how to make boys like me I have to dress like this and I have to wear my makeup and I have to act like this but it didn't it didn't work it failed I failed <laughs> um, okay I'm, I'm admitting it big big fail big, big fail over here but I did well, I tried I mean, to oh, go ahead. there's no shortage of fucking you know, dick. No, but, but there it's not is about that. like it's not just about it has to be someone that's nice and treats you nice. No, and you want to no, be around, not just like no, talk. It's not like that's not what I 
like the people that I'm the most attracted to are people that I want to be like that I I oh yeah I, I look at you. them and I'm like too. I want I want to be you like I want to be I, whatever it is inside them I'm just like I want that I want to be like like throwing caution to the wind and not having any expectations and just living like a crazy person. I just, I, the, the things that I admire in other people, maybe, and that's, that's the problem is that I shouldn't admire that. I don't know. I should, I should want to be with like the nice person who wants to take care of me. And I'm like, no, no, please abuse me. <laughs> Treat me like shit. I like it. <laughs> What's wrong with me? Okay. That's, I, uh, that's weird. I know. Strange yeah. dichotomy. <sighs> I find that there's women that I will see and I'll be instantly attracted and I either want to be them, I want to have sex with them, or I want to wear their clothes. Ah. Yeah, I, well. There's something about that, and it's, it's, it's all about the softness huh. that I, I crave. And I get it that there's, you know, the yin and the yang, there's the two sides of it where there's that hardness, too, that women, women want. Right, absolutely. That, That's know, what I'm like. Rough and the abs and the arms. Oh my gosh! And the devil and the, make the cum gutters. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, babe, let's go. Yeah, I wish. Let's take you to dinner. Yeah, and stuff well, like that. Where don't, it's like, oh, okay, take me. Don't don't feed me. Just have sex with me. I don't I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to eat in front of you. I can't handle that. It's too much pressure. <laughs> I'm too uh, I'm too big I'm too big of a I baby. Put a French fry in my ear by accident. <laughs> That's not where that goes. That goes there. Not that one. All right, Lacey Wasteman. Um, thank you for cheering me up. You did it. You did an admirable job. I'll send you my comedy link too. Please. It's so silly and stupid. I hope you love it. Oh, I yeah. I'm. I love silly. Silly and stupid are my number one favorite. I also love. I love poop jokes. So into poop jokes. Okay. I love dick jokes. <laughs> I like okay. I like sixty nine jokes. I'm I'm so base. That's the thing is I pretend to be this really esoteric, you know, philosophical person, and I'm just I'm just basic like everybody else. I like dick and fart it's jokes. It's I like. Simple, I mean, some people think simple is stupid, but people try really hard to have the simple solution and to have a simple treatment. And if there's nothing wrong with simple. Yeah. People are striving for simple because once it gets complicated and overly complicated, it's a big fucking mess. Yes, so I'm good with basic, simple, straightforward, honest, genuine. I, I, I think you're on to something. Thanks. I'm gonna. I well, if this, if this coward boy will pick up his phone, I'll have some closure and I'll I'll do it and it'll work for me. But I can't until I have, until I say some things. I can't let it go, but today's been an interesting oh. day, and in that I, and that I, I worked through it. I like I, I realized some hard truths about myself, and okay. uh, and some decisions that I've made. And I'm like, I don't regret the decisions I've made, but in the same token, I got some, I got some words, I got some, I got some hard truths to, to say out loud to some people, and that sucks. It's gonna suck. It's gonna be embarrassing and awful. But I have—I feel like I have to do it, just so that I can debase myself to the place where I won't. That it'll be, like I sometimes I have to burn the bridge. You know what I mean? Like I have to literally be okay. like, 
here I am, and in front of the person, be like, this is what I'm doing. I'm setting fire to this bridge because this is an unhealthy bridge that I've built, and it's time to mm. it's time to light this motherfucker on fire. And then that, mm. and then I'll be fine, and then I'll be like a normal person again. But I can't, I can't be normal until I blow up the bridge. <laughs> is that crazy? Is that I, like? I'm interested. We'll see. We'll see what happens. If you're, if, uh, if you're a if you pay any attention to anything on Facebook, you'll see. <laughs> It'll all come out in the wash. It's so stupid because everything I've done in my life is like literally on this radio station so I can go back and listen to all my bad choices and all my poor decisions. I'm like, oh, oh, that's that was a terrible choice I made out loud in front of people. Ha ha ha. <laughs> like, that's I don't. Being brave. That's I don't. what we do. Stand up in front of people and tell them, all about you, and then try and make them laugh. It's 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 an being insane. It's an insane concept. Do, right? It's an insane concept that I need that to survive. That I require stage time where I stand up in front of people and I say terrible things about myself and I embarrass myself, and I and I love it. That's weird. That's that's a problem. Or maybe it's not. Maybe. You know, maybe it's the solution. I, I don't know. But thank you I for think calling me. I think therapy. I think, yeah, maybe I need some therapy. That's the. I mean, if I could afford therapy, that would be amazing. Uh, how do you? I had some therapy with my ex-wife, and it gave me the tools to say things to people and be honest with myself. Yeah. That, um, I'm really grateful for. Yeah. I well, that's the problem. Have I'm too able honest. To say, no, I don't want that. And then that's it. I, well, why don't you want it? Because I don't want to do that. Right. You know, having that sort of confidence to, to understand, no, thank you. Right. <laughs> and just be able to walk away from shit. I, I'm, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. Well, thanks for calling in. This has been this show. And uh, this show's over. So it's okay. 6 o'clock. Thank Catch you so later. much, Lacey Wistman. Yay. Yay. That was Lacey Wistman. This is so nice. I feel, I feel so supported, actually. I feel really supported that people called me and care that I'm bad. That's thank you. Na, 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 na. The smell of your skin lingers on me now. You're probably on your flight back to your hometown. Shelter of my own protection, baby. Be with myself in center, clarity, peace, serenity.
Till I'm full grown, full grown. 